I'm Beckett Rice. And I'm CJ Bakel. And again, we continue with the one of the most wonderful times of the year, the MLR playoffs. Okay, so this week, well, obviously we had two interesting, one could say, matches. Um, kind of lopsided, if you don't say so myself. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about those two matches, as well as look at our predictions for the championship final. Um, so just for some clarification for everybody, the first match was New England Free Jacks versus Old Glory DC, and that was played on Saturday. The Free Jacks came up on top, 25-7. to 7. And then the second, San Diego Legion versus Beckett Seattle Seawolves when they lost 32-10 to 10 in San Diego. So, Beckett, would you rather start with New England, D.C., or you want to rip the Band-Aid off and talk about Seattle? Uh, we can talk about the Seattle game uh, first. So, um, yeah, it was, it was like a, it was a pretty tough game to to watch i don't think i think for there was quite a bit of the game where it didn't feel like the seawolves are out of it like we could um we had we had our shots but um a lot of it felt like uh it we just were shooting ourselves in the foot we'd get into the opponent's 22 and we would just um just lose the ball do it to ourselves um i know san diego had a yellow card and we didn't really take advantage of it um <clears throat> which is very unfortunate. Um, overall, I just think it seems like our execution was just way off from what it, it normally is. Um, I'm not sure if it's what it was exactly. I think, and I remember when we, when Ethan and I were watching this game, there was one thing I, I wasn't a big fan of, and it was we started uh, Jordan Chate at 10, uh, despite the fact that he'd missed several weeks. Uh, and moved AJ Alatimu to 12. I thought, and then dropped Tavio Petty to the bench. I thought a better idea would have been Alatimu at 10, uh, Lopetti at 12, and um, Chait off the bench since he had missed so much because he just he seemed very rusty. He had a lot of passes. He was throwing behind guys, and so then they had to uh, try and we had to try and deepen our. Uh, line on attack and so then we were just caught in, getting caught way behind the gay line because we had to make our passes so far behind so because we were passing the guys that were so many steps behind the guys in front of him and it just really stalled the attack i think alatimo at 10 would have been a lot better with lapetti at first uh, receiver from off the 10 and he could have made some hard yards there get, got us some go forward um but you know it is what it is so I have a handful of points that I wanted to make about this match. Mm-hmm. And that was one of them, is that I don't understand why A.J. Alatimu, coming off of a really good game against Houston, was starting at 12 and not 10. And then Chait, who is like, he hasn't been playing for a while, like you said, and he's been, he did look very, very rusty. I'll second that. But why not put that, like, why don't you just keep the, the guy who's playing hot, just keep him at 10, and then, like, Tavite Lopetti is great. I could see where they might have been game planning that the pit. So a lot of the things, so one other major point that I wanted to make and something that I know the commentators were harping on the entire match was how much bigger and wider San Diego's pitch was compared to uh, Seattle's normal. So I could see where maybe Seattle had the 
game plan ahead of, okay, we know that we're going to be playing a wider pitch, so it might be a better idea to have an extra playmaker in the midfield and have AJ Alatimu be able to make more longer passes to Dan Creel and then to Fute or Yosefo just to have like spread it out as much as they like, physically can. But honestly, I don't know if that was a good idea. And especially right. with Tavite Lopetti being such a hard ball runner, if he's running into, into uh, shoulders and not trunks, like we always talk about with running in rugby, he would, he's going to break so many tackles and he's going to get a lot of positive forward ball. So I, I'm, I'm confused on that. And plus, he's, he's got pretty de- decent hand skills. He's not as the same as a, uh, AJ Alatimu in terms of ball distribution, but yes. Right, yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah, sorry. I agree with that, yeah. I agree with that. Um, correction, I, I should make a correction that um, Lepetti has mostly been playing 13 as of late when he does start, um, and Creel moves to 12, but I still think that's a better center partnership than bringing Jordan Chait. Maybe if Jordan Chait had been playing all along, that's fine, but I, I don't think going into the conference finals, we need to change it up that much. I get it's a lot. It, it, it definitely, I think the wider pitch, you could tell, was messing us up. We were defending a lot narrower mm-hmm. than they were. Um, but I, I think we should have just stuck to our guns. Creole Lopetti is in, this, in the center's Alatima there, and we can bring Shade on if we think we need him. Yeah, that's for sure. And then, so going back to my next point. My next point is... Again, going back to the pitch size, it being a full-size pitch, uh, and then Seattle obviously playing a more of a narrower one, I noticed throughout this match that the squad that San Diego has is built around their home pitch. I don't know. like You know what I mean? Like There were several times where it just seemed like either... They're, I mean, obviously, you look at their back line. Their back line is full right. of guys who, can, who are ball handlers, runners, can go, are very excellent in space. So you, having that wider pitch definitely plays to their strengths a lot more. But then you have guys... ...who have more use space a lot better. But... I mean, when you have a back line of Judd, Hooley, Oxberger, Nanu, Brocky, uh, and Mickey Teo, and then Thomas Owake, I keep on pronouncing his name wrong, but those... Thomas Owake. Okay. So the guys are, like that line, that back line designed this match in particular, playing against a team who's not used to playing on the wider pitch, and then just being able to play, like play it in space, kick it. Like Mikey Teo, I he baffles me sometimes because he's a wider, he's a larger human. And he could just kick it up, go sprint underneath the ball, and then catch it and it's as if it was nothing. And right. it's I feel like the the general manager of San Diego, you need to give like applause to them because they built their squad around this match, it seems. Right. No, and I agree with that. I think, yeah, like you said, Mikey Teo, he is a conundrum being that large, but that um, as fast as he is. Um, there was one, so yeah, they had a lot of pace out there, uh, a lot of really experienced playmakers, and obviously Hooley and Augsburger and Mount Nanu and Marcel Brackey and 
Akiteo, but um, there, I would like to point out to one try, um, I think it was uh, Marcel uh, Brocky's try, when he, I think Nanu makes the kick, and he's able to uh, chase it down and touch it down in the, end, in the try zone, and I felt like that should have been called back, because his entire body was in mm-hmm. front of the ball and the kicker, except they said his back foot was in line with the ball. And I've never heard that before. I thought you had to be completely behind the kicker, or at least in line with the kicker, but not your back foot's in line with the ball as he makes contact with it. And that seemed very... just didn't seem seem like the right call there. MLR rigged, buddy. I've said it. <laughs> well, said it, I don't think it would have changed the outcome of the game, but I think it was yeah. just a... Uh, I think that was a poor call there, because... I try to find um, where if it stipulates that just part of you has to be behind the kicker. Everywhere I find, it just says behind the kicker. And again, he wasn't even his foot wasn't even behind the kicker. It was in line with the ball that the kicker, as the kicker made contact with it. So, yeah, I I agree because my my understanding of the law was like your the entire of the player has to be behind the kicker, right. but. The majority, the majority of him was in front. It was just like his foot was just dangling back. Yeah, and I've never seen that before. I've yeah, I've, I in how much like we watch, I've never seen that before, yeah. and I don't think we'll ever see that happen again. Right. Yeah. That's and that was seven points that just shouldn't have been on the board. Um, would again wouldn't have changed the outcome of the game. Then it would have been you know twenty five ten at the end or. I guess at the moment that was uh, their third try they scored. I want to say mm-hmm. so. something like that. Yeah. So, um, still though, yeah, still though, it's it, you know, it it does show that they were had a much better understanding of what they can do on their pitch, how far they it can be kicked, how wide they can go. Um, what they can do with it, and it just seemed we weren't able to adapt on it. I would have hoped that we would have, had having played on that pitch before, and hopefully have gotten a captain run, we would run, we would have understood it more. But it just seemed we looked a little bit lost, not quite. I would, I, I was saying this to Ethan. I said this is probably the worst game I think I've seen this team play this season. Maybe, mm. um, maybe even the last two seasons, almost. Um, but. I did see a lot of people saying that Alan Clark is a bit of a control freak and is probably not good for the team or whatever, but I I, I disagree with that. Maybe some some coaches, maybe they are controlling, um, but you have to look at what this team was before Alan Clark was here, where they were struggling, they couldn't make the playoffs. He comes in, he, he comes in those last two games uh, three seasons ago, um, wins both of them, gets us into the playoffs last season, Maybe a little controversially, and then mm. gets us to the finals, and then this season gets us to the conference finals. So, um, I you know I think we stick with Clarkie for now, um, and just we just reload next year. Yeah, I mean, you guys have a great squad. Mm-hmm. You have the you have the great forwards, solid backs. I don't. You're pretty deep in terms of like your bench. Like you have a lot of guys yeah. who are like big names on the bench, and I don't see why like. I mean, just it's a reload year. Right, I think yeah. you got, yeah, like maybe it was, it's just a little different. The teams were, like San Diego just really good this year. 
the West was a tough conference this year. Um, yeah. You guys had a little bit of injuries on the back end. Uh, so it, I would agree you should stick with what you got right now. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah, maybe, maybe make some Im- small improvements. Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. Um, I think we just, you know, next season we focus on retooling a little bit. Um, I feel like uh, we might be seeing Samu Manoa retiring, um, maybe. And even if he doesn't, I feel like he just, uh, you know, at his age doesn't quite have the gas that he used to uh, to, to go a full seat an entire season because he is 38. He'll be 39 next season. So I think we focus on the younger guys. Hopefully Moody Ham's back from injury and he's okay. And we give guys like him and Co and Zarcone um, Adam Page and <clears throat> Isaiah Lotawa, uh, and of course uh, Tavita uh, Tavita Lopetti, more of a run out, ne- more of a run. See that what they can do next year, and I think just bring most of the squad back. I like the front row. I like we. I think we did a great job this season retooling, bringing in Peterson and um, bringing in Peterson and Turnbull to you know deepen it because we were very shallow there once the starting front. Row- oh, and Peter Malcolm too. When we the starting front row came off, the backup ups just couldn't keep up, but now they can. So I think we're heading in the right direction, back to what we want to be. Yeah. So on that note, let's talk about the second game. Or, well, really the first game, but yeah, the second one we're talking about. Free Jacks versus Old Glory DC. I gotta applaud DC. Man, it's been a great season for them. I, even though they didn't get win a championship, but they, yeah. And they didn't play excellently this game. But to get to this point in time with the cards that they were dealt and how much people doubted them, like, mm-hmm. you just got to applaud them. No, I agree. I, I, I do. Some people might um, say that uh, forward, heavy, forward intensive defensive rugby is boring. But I think if you can, it's very, it can be a very entertaining because you see a lot of big hits, uh, you see a lot of great defense. Um, and I think, you know, I do actually enjoy the way this team plays. I think we, we talked about it the other week. We were kind of low on them to start, and now they've proven us completely wrong. I think they'll continue to be an even, even better team next year. They have a great uh, forward pack that they can continue to build around. Guys like uh, Jack is you know, young lads like Jack Escro and Nico Jones, and even Finana Schultz is only like want to say 26 maybe 27 so he's not that old either Callie Martinez off the bench they have a lot of great young guys to continue building around a lot of good veterans to um to to continue to build around as well and you know this is a great squad it they just um this game they just didn't seem weren't able to wrestle any control away from New England yeah New England came into the came into this match really swinging mm-hmm. they literally came in swinging scoring early and scoring quickly, oh, yeah. and they they did not like let up on the gas. It seemed uh, they they just looked very cohesive, and there's so much great chemistry within that squad. I think the nine ten pairing of Poland and Potros is quite one of the best that we've seen in a long time, mm-hmm. or like seen in terms of like how how good they're able to play with each other, especially in like one game in this one. Like they look great, and it's kind of crazy too, because like Jason Petros is like he's the ten, especially after you know Bowden Walker left, and then he came back, and Petros is like I'm still the dude. Granted, 
Bowden Walker is not exactly like, you know, playing, but he's still saying like, I'm the guy and he's been playing great in this match. He was great. He had like 82 meters uh, carried a couple of, a uh, couple of goal kicks, uh, lots of kicking out of him. Yeah. So he's, he's definitely one of the best, if not the best 10 in the MLR. Yeah, no, he, he's definitely up there, absolutely. Um, and, you know, their their uh, center pairing of LaRue Mollen, the um, uh, the Namibian international, Ben Lesage, the Canadian, they're just, they're, I think, phenomenal in that midfield. They uh, bring a lot of go forward. They're very rock solid in there. They don't let up a lot. Um, I know Mollen made 12 tackles this match. Um, and, and, of course, their their forward pack is very strong, very deep as well. They have a lot of guys they can bring off the bench um, and still maintain a high level. And starting with that that back row, uh, Mitch Jacobson, Joe Johnson, Wien Conradi, they're they're all of those boys are, are animals right there. You know, it's crazy when you have like Joe Johnson, like at seven, and then all of a sudden you have like all these great forwards coming off the bench to replace him. But he could play the entire, he could play every single, all 16 matches for 80 minutes all the time. If he wanted to, um, yeah. same thing with like we and karate the, and like going back, Connor keys coming back, like coming over huge pickup for them. It's just crazy how this squad went from being one of the most dominant squads last year, losing in the playoff. And then they, they flipped the switch, came back, continue to be dominant in the East. And then they were like, we are not losing a playoff game this year. We are not losing in the first round. We are going right. to like nut up and whoever we face, if it's DC or if it's, you know, New York or whoever it may be, we're still going to give them a hell of a fight. And I mean, that shows, I mean, they were, they were all gas, no breaks in this match. No, absolutely. Um, you know, they, they played their style. They controlled the flow of the match. Their their forwards, um, I think you know DC's forwards. They we talked about them, how great they are, and they definitely. I think I don't think they uh, they definitely brought it, but you know the New England pack just brought it more. Um, and I, I think they're just uh, they're a bit more experienced than than DC is. They're a bit deeper than DC is, and I think that just showed. Um, and they were just able to come out on top there. I I will say I, I hope we can uh, get Joe Johnston into a USA jersey here in the near future. Dude, he would be an absolute animal on the pitch. You, yeah. you put him on set, that seven, and seven, just tell him, go, just run and hit whoever you see with the ball. He will do it. Mm-hmm. That man just is a tackling machine. He is. He's, he's probably the, he's so scary. People have nightmares about him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then also, you know what? Shout out to Josh Larson, you know, <laughs> former coach of Clemson as well as player for the Free Jacks. Uh, he was, he's definitely leading from the bench. I know he might be listening right now. Leading from the bench, we see you. Yeah, no, I mean, that leadership is still very, very important. Um, I hope he continues with his recovery. And uh, I can't wait to see him, you know, play again next year. I'm sure he's. He's in the year of the boys. He gave probably gave a phenomenal uh, pregame and halftime speech, no doubt, uh, <laughs> alongside uh, current captain Mitch Jacobson. Oh yeah, for sure. If he hasn't, then 
just being able to be there for the boys is definitely a huge part, um, especially with like his experience and being a leader. Uh, but anyway, the, this team looks great. Both teams that are going in this final are looking great, man. So Yeah, I think this is going to be a phenomenal match. I think um, last I saw, tickets were going pretty well. Um, this should be hopefully a great match this weekend. I'm like, very much looking forward to watching it on Fox. Yeah, so while we're on the subject, July 8th, 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox will be San Diego Legion versus New England Free Jacks at SeatGeek Stadium in Bridgeview, Illinois. All right? Mm-hmm. Huge match. Again, it's going to be at a neutral, st- neutral site compared to uh, last year. Uh, Beckett, do you have the numbers for the tickets already? Or do the- we have a... Yeah, for the ticket sales. So last I saw, I think they were a little over six thousand. Oh, um, yes, that that was a few days ago. Could be more now. Probably is more now. Um, but it look, they looked like they're going pretty well. Um, yeah. So hopefully, a great turnout, great atmosphere for that game. You know, you got to see Shaq and the Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, I was gonna say who who'd have thought? Like you got Shaq, like D, like DJ Diesel, Shaquille O'Neal, mm-hmm. and the dropkick Murphys, like that's an incredible duo to have as a like a pre is a pre show or post show to the match. Um, one is the pre show, one is the post show. It's um, I think I want to say Shaq is the pre show, and the dropkick Murphys is the post show. Dude, that's incredible. Shaquille O'Neal and dropkick mm-hmm. Murphys. Like yeah, it was very funny because it... <laughs> yeah. So it was very funny because the first time I think when I, when they first announced them, I was like, "Oh, Dropkick Murphys," and I saw they said DJ Ds, and I was like, "Oh, cool, cool." I didn't see like a picture, and I was like, "Okay, that's nice." And I clicked on DJ Ds, and I was like, "Oh, it's Shaq." <laughs> okay, yeah, dude. Like, if you're anywhere in the Chicago, I'm like anybody listening right now is anywhere near the Chicago area. Like, you should just buy tickets to go see Dropkick Murphys and DJ Diesel. And then if you're not even like a rugby fan, go like go watch like go watch a little bit of rugby too because like mm-hmm. honestly the tickets will be worth it just for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but so how do you think how do you see this match going though? Okay, so obviously both teams are very dominant. Uh, I wanna look into I need to know what the pitch dimensions are for the Chicago. I, I feel like that would be a huge impact on the game for San Diego. Because right. I honestly, so if I look up at both squads, or maybe even like looking at last week's squad, I think New England has a better forward, has a better front uh, forward pack, but then San Diego has a better backs. Okay. So right. I think it's going to come down to set. I think honestly, like set piece is going to be huge and it might favor New England. So if San Diego is going to get over on them. They're going to need to be great in this, like almost like perfect at set pieces. And then New England, like LaRue, Malin, uh, Malin, and Ben Lesage, like they got to be on one because they're be going against Ma'ananu. Like one of the greatest to ever do it, so they gotta they gotta nut up and and just 
lay down like the wood, man. Yeah, I think um, you know, I think these teams are very well matched up. Um, arguably, probably the two. I would say almost definitely the two most talented sides out there. Um, I believe. Um, so it, it will be interesting. They both have great forward packs. Both have great back lines. Uh, very good styles. The Free Jacks um, have you know they attack. They love to to really try and strike early in their uh, phases in their phases and set up so and score from uh, well worked um, preset. Uh, moves as well, but they're also very good in they you know they can get free flowing as well. San Diego is also very free flowing. They have a lot of great backs, um, but I think ultimately I I'm gonna say this. I this might be my Western Conference bias. I think if it, at in the end of the day, it's gonna be San Diego taking it home and finally getting over that hump um, for the first time. Yeah, I think. The another big thing for this match is just who's gonna. I think it's just gonna be more because there's a lot of there's a lot of film to watch on these on both two teams from the rest from the entire year and a short turnaround to do it. So it's just gonna be who whoever is the most prepared. Um, but if for anybody who is wondering, San Diego is favored minus two thirty. And New England Free Jacks are the underdogs at plus 170. That's what Vegas opened up at about seven hours ago. So, if you're a betting man, that means San Diego is favored. I don't... Honestly, I can't tell, man. I think this is such a a toss-up. Yeah. No, I I agree. It's uh, going to be very close. I can see it going either way, but uh, if I had to... Put my money where my mouth is. I'd, I'd go to San Diego, um, unless it came out that some key players were injured and and they weren't going to be able to participate. Uh, yeah, that's what I would go with. But it, it's absolutely a match that's going to be able that can go either way. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. It. I mean, we haven't seen the the squad yet. We haven't seen the squads yet. Uh, it's you know Wednesday afternoon, so they haven't been announced. Uh, but Looking at the news so far, if but look before all the news, I think San Diego wins this one. I'm also on the train that Ma Nanu is going to win the MLR Shield and then retire immediately after. I mean, he's 41 years old, looking like I mean, in the last match, man, he looked like he was still playing at like 10 years younger. He looked great. Oh yeah, no, he um, greatness is timeless. Yeah, he he's gonna be playing. I mean, this he's gonna play like it's la- his last match ever because it quite possibly will. So, any last points? Um, no, none for me. All right. Well, there's nothing else. I think everybody should go ahead and watch the match if you're not gonna watch it uh, in live in person and go watch. Uh, and watch the Dropkick Murphys and Shaquille O'Neal. Then it's again, it's on Fox, not not uh, Fox Sports, Fox like on your cable. So everybody should be able to do it if you have a TV uh, and have any sort of cable box or Direct TV or whatever the heck you want. So take a look at it. And if you're outside of the United States, it's going to be on the Rugby Network, which is also free. So that being said, 
Go watch some rugby.